according to Matthew, and we're going to read uh, chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Um, we're going to read in the ESV. There's ESV Bibles actually under your, your chairs, um, but also if you have your own uh, uh, Bible or Bible app, you can follow along there. Uh, we like to reference the scripture throughout the message, and so, yeah, it's kind of good to, to find it on your own. So again, it's Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. May the Lord bless the reading of God's word for us. And we ask that you please stand as able if you're ready to read the scripture. And I'll read the scripture for us this morning. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. All right. We are continuing in our sermon series called Life, Period. And as we read the scripture today, it starts with a very simple invitation to come to me. And this kind of brings to mind what we talked about last week. We began our sermon series talking about who has the blessed life? Who is invited to the kingdom party? Who is invited to the kingdom life? And basically, what we talked about last week is everyone is, right? Jesus was talking about blessed are the poor in spirit. That's not meant to be something that we turn into a positive thing, into, to turn into something that everyone would want to have. That's talking about spiritual beggars. People are completely destitute in spirit, right? In other places, it says blessed are the poor. And I know there's, there's probably no one who aspires to that, right? But it, what Jesus is trying to say, if you find yourself... In one of these positions, you are blessed. Everyone is blessed because you have the opportunity to come into the kingdom. And just, you know, God's arms are open wide to you. And so that is a wonderful message. And that is something that's reiterated in the passage today. But I wonder, I wonder if, you know, when you really think about it. And for those of you who are familiar with church, and I know a lot of us are, that maybe it feels like a little bit of a bait and switch. You know, in the beginning, you're like, yeah, sure, sure, you say everyone is welcome. You say, you know, sinners or, you know, whatever's going on in your life, no matter how messed up you are, you're welcome. But then once you come into church, it feels like the message changes a little, right? And it feels like, you know, we're asked to, 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 to clean up and, you know, that, that, that get with the program and all these things. And I wonder if it feels a little bit like a bait and switch. You know, yeah, all are welcome, but... You know, really, really, there's going to be all of these things that you're going to have to carry once you come. And I wonder, what is the actual content of the Christian life? When you actually come to Jesus, if you come to church, if you start going out to small group, or if you ever try to start reading the Bible, if you try to follow Jesus, you know, I mean, you know, probably we're going to talk more and more in the coming weeks about what that means. It's such a loaded term for us nowadays. But what does that actually look like? I think for some of us, the Christian life really seems kind of hard. You know, there's all this stuff. And some of it seems like not just hard, but undesirable. You know, maybe for some of us who are in a, a stage of life where you see a lot of people going out and partying and drinking and doing all this stuff, and then maybe there's some other people who come along and they're like, Christians, don't do that. And you're like, yo, but that's fun. You know, this is hard. Maybe there's people who are talking about, read the Bible. you got to read the Bible every day. And you try it. And you try it. And some of the passages are like really, like don't make sense. Or there's like all these, 
you know, Old Testament names, all these names in Hebrew, and all these things that you don't understand, and it just seems kind of boring, but people keep telling you, you got to read your Bible every day. You don't really like it. You don't really want to. Come to church. You got to wake up early, and, and you, you, you got to use this time, this valuable time that you could be sleeping or studying, you know, and you're like, man, I, I don't know. I don't know if this is something that I want to do. Not only that, but sometimes it just feels like Christians are living in a certain way that's so different than the way other people live. You know, other people are getting ahead and, and they're, you know, going for their careers and making all this money. And yeah, sure, there's Christians who do that, but sometimes we have this suspicion. What would it mean if I really came to Jesus and I really said, Jesus, you can have all of this? What would be the life he has for me? Have you ever wondered this? You know, I, I think I talked about this a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about abundant life. And sometimes we're afraid to come to Jesus, I think, and say, Jesus, whatever you tell me to do, I will do. Whatever life you have for me, I know it's going to be good, so bring it on. Like, seriously, think about that. If you were to pray that prayer right now, whatever career you want from me, whoever you want me to marry, if that's the thing, you know, whatever, whatever, wherever you want me to go, whoever you want me to talk to, would you be willing to pray that prayer? I know some people have the fear of, <laughs> I talked about this a couple weeks ago, the fear of like that God is going to send you to be a missionary in Africa, you know, and it's like, like, oh man, if I like open myself too much to God and the Holy Spirit, he's going to get crazy, you know, he's going to ask me to do things I'm not going to want to do. Is that the Christian life? where God's going to ask you to do things that are hard, to do things that you don't want to do, to do things that are going to inconvenience your life or actually diminish your life in some ways. Take away the joy. Take away the fun. I know the party line, right? The, the party line. The, 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 the Christian line is, that's not true. And I'm definitely going to say that. But I want you to think that through. I don't want you to believe that just because I'm telling you that. And a lot of this message is about come and see for yourself. Right? You've heard other people talk about this. But friends, you know, if you think that the, 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 the content of the Christian life, when you come to Jesus, your life gets harder, we got to take a look at this passage because it actually says the exact opposite, like literally the exact opposite. So what I want to do this morning, because this is a short passage, we are literally going to take this passage apart. We're going to go line by line because it's fantastic. It's one of my favorites, such a good one. We already did come to me, right? It's just an invitation. We're, we're told to come to Jesus, right? And all of us can come. And, and so, you know, it says, come to me, all who labor and heavy laden, uh, and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Just wanted to see you the, the overview as we dig into it. And so right after it says, come to me, it says, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So I, I want to kind of take the Greek because I know sometimes we lose the nuance a little bit. And so when it says all who labor, it doesn't mean just people who are doing work. It, it, the Greek literally means all who are becoming weary, right? So labor in the sense of doing something that is strenuous, difficult, right? That kind of thing. Like, like you're laboring. You know, you ever see somebody laboring? You know, they're, 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 they're trying to pick up something heavy or they just ran a marathon and they're, <gasps> they have labored breath, right? Have you ever seen, well, okay, maybe you haven't seen a woman go into labor, but you've heard of that, right? It's hard. It's, it's difficult, right? It makes you tired and weary. 
And so all who are becoming weary and all who are heavy laden, uh, what is that? Heavy laden. It means that you are burdened. You are carrying many things. Do you ever hear someone say, it looks like you're carrying the weight of the world on your shoulder? Right? This isn't just people who are going through a lot of stuff. Yeah, for sure, everybody goes through stuff, but it's those who really feel it. And it doesn't matter what the burden is. Sometimes I think a lot of us, when we come to church, or even when you're talking to people, you know, maybe you're going through a problem, and I don't know if you've ever talked to someone, and, and you know, they tell you something really, really heavy. I don't know, someone in their family has cancer or something. You know, and then you're just worried about your test next week. And they're like, hey, how are you? And you're like, oh, oh I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> you know, so, you know, it's no big deal relatively, but that's not what Jesus is talking about. He's not saying comparing burdens. He's not saying those who are the most burdened, right? He says anyone who's becoming weary. You're somewhere on the trajectory of becoming weary, right? All of us are. It's still relatively early in the semester for those who are in college, but I've been talking to some of y'all, and it's getting crazy already, right? You're getting so much work already. It's, it was only the second week, you know? And so you are becoming progressively more wary. We are progressively becoming more burdened. And friends, those can be all kinds of burdens. They can be psychological burdens. Some of you are just worried, right? You're worrying, you're worrying, you're worrying all the time about the future, you're worrying about COVID and Delta variant. And now I heard there's a Lambda variant. I'm like, oh, shoot, what happened to the Epsilon? Like, what the heck? We're already on Lambda? You know, and then they're talking about Mu. I'm like, like Pokemon? Like, what's going on? Mu variant? Like, this is getting crazy. Is there a Mu2 variant? What's going on? You know, and maybe some of you guys are worrying about these things. You're worrying about your future. You're like, what's going to happen next year? Am I going to get a job? You know, am I ever going to find somebody? All this stuff, it's going through your mind. And you worry, you worry, right? You're carrying burdens. We all are. Friends, it's a question I have for you. Um, are you, I have like three questions we're going to talk about throughout this message. And the first one is, are you able to admit that you are weary and burdened? Because friends, I believe this is just the human condition. We are all weary and burdened, you know? But for whatever reason, especially when it comes to the church. A lot of us feel like we can't admit that. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's that thing that you've learned um, from the time that, that you were like young or, I don't know, maybe you've seen from other people in church that we're supposed to act a certain way. I tell the story sometimes, but it seriously like kind of messed me up. Um, so, so I come from a Korean family. Um, my, my parents are Korean and we've gone to a Korean church all our lives. And just like any family, there are times where my parents yelled at me, right? I mean, no surprise. You know, there's this time we're, we're going to church, and I can't remember what, what it was. Like, we, we, like, spilled the milk in the car, and my, my dad's, like, yelling at us, right? We're pulling up to church. He's like, you guys got to be more careful, right? Why are we spilling the milk? It's going to smell. Like, seriously, how many times have I got to tell you, right? And he's, like, yelling, and, like, this elder at the church just rolls up right next door, Right? My dad's yelling at us. Like, yeah, stop. And, and the elder, like, you know, knocks on the window. My dad turns, sees them, rolls down the window. He's like, Anaseo. Oh, oh, hallelujah. Oh. I'm like, what? What the heck? What is that? Oh, okay. So for those of you who don't speak Korean, that's just the greeting, right? He's like, he's, he's saying hi, but, you know, it's, it's like something heavy was happening, but all of a sudden we're going to pretend like nothing happened. You know, and I'm not saying that 
he needs to tell the elder, like, I'm yelling at my kids right now, you know? But what I learned from a very early age is that I wasn't really supposed to bring my problems to church. And I knew a lot of people when they come to church, they wouldn't bring their problems. I knew a lot of people who would just hold it in and act like everything's okay. And I still come across that. And I still have that tendency within me. You know, when someone, you ask somebody, you talk to somebody, what did they say? Hey, how are you doing? Or maybe you're at small group. And, and small group is supposed to be a place where we, are, we share our burdens. We share what's going on. We share the real stuff. But everyone's looking around, looking at all, all the other people and thinking, well, they're not going to share. I'm not going to share. And other people are like, hey, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Everything's fine. Oh, yeah, I'm a little tired. I'm a little tired. It's just like the, the like everyone says that. Oh, like, oh, I'm a little busy, you know? It's like, seriously, I know people who have, like, had nervous breakdowns. Like, nervous breakdowns coming to church. And people are like, hey, how are you doing? I'm like, oh, great. Man, awesome. Awesome, awesome. You know, and friends, that's me, too. That used to be me all the time. And people would come up to me like, hey, how are you doing, Pastor Steve? Be like, great, great. And I know when you're having like the donut conversation, right? You're just eating a donut right before church. It's sometimes hard to get into that. But you can't always be at that surface level, right? But many of us are. I can't tell you how many people don't even know. Well, okay, maybe they know how weary and burdened they are, but they aren't able to share that. They aren't able to admit that. Maybe even to themselves. I talk to some people, and I'm like, hey, hey, it seems like something's bothering you. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like this teeny, tiny thing, you know? It's like, like so small. I guess I'm kind of thinking about it, but it's no big deal. Why do we do that? If you're thinking about it, it's a big deal. If it's bothering you, right? Do you ever get that thing where you're like, dude, this shouldn't be a big deal, but you keep thinking about it? I have news for you. It's a big deal. But we fight it because we think we're supposed to be a certain way. And so when you come to Christ, that is never the expectation that you need to clean up, that you need to act like everything is okay. I'm telling you, I still have problems. I still have issues, right? There are people who reach out to me, other people in church, and and when I talk to them, and they're like, hey, Pastor Steve, well, how are you doing? Because oftentimes I'll ask them. And I'll tell them. (laughs) I'll be like, yeah, I couldn't sleep last night. Oh, man, like, dude, I just, just had a really rough morning, or, man, I'm really stressed out, or, you know, and that's just something that I've learned to do, but I know that that's something that we're not always used to in church, that we're not always used to that in the Christian life. That isn't always the content of our prayers, coming to God and being real and honest, but friends, we got to start there, yeah? Okay, so now the next part is, uh, oh, shoot, did I skip something? Um, yeah, so there is the part, I know, you're like, why is there a cat, like, chilling? Um, I think I, I, I skipped this verse. So it says, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So it's supposed to say, and I will give you rest. And then I was going to show you the cat, <laughs> just chilling. And for whatever reason, I don't know why, when I looked up, like, like um, doing nothing uh, meme, there's just lots of pictures of, like, fat cats laying around. And if you don't believe me, here's another one, right? Like, there's so many, and they're just kind of chilling. And <laughs> so, friends, I, I think that sometimes when we hear this, it says, 
Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. It's not just talking about rest as in doing nothing. Because I know sometimes people hear this, and in the midst of your busy life, you're like, it's just not practical. I can't find rest, right? But what we're going to see, and and I'm going to show you just in a moment, that it's not talking about just physical rest or the state of resting where you are reclining or you're laying down or your eyes are closed or you're like literally not doing anything, right? It's more a spiritual and emotional state. Right, that Jesus is talking about. Yes, we do need rest. There are many, many great sermons, and I'm probably going to preach some sermons about Sabbath and this idea that you do need physical rest. We do have limits, right? But what Jesus is talking about here goes a little bit deeper than that. So just remember, you're not necessarily being called to just be like a, cat, a lazy cat just chilling on the sofa, right? Because then he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. And this is the part that if you don't understand that the rest he's talking about is a rest that you can have in your everyday life, right? You're going to work. You're in class. You're in the thick of it. You're going through all this stuff, but you can also find rest. And and if you don't understand that, that what Jesus is trying to give you is not just a break, you know, not trying to take you away, you know, is he talking about eternal rest? He's talking about going to heaven after you die. He's talking about your actual life. This verse will make no sense to you. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Right? What is he talking about a yoke? Um, I was so tempted to call this message the yokes on you. Um, But I just thought maybe somebody. (laughs) So, So what a yoke is, is back in the day when you had two, like, what we call, like, beasts of burden, like an oxen, a cattle of some kind, what you would do is, in order to like plow your field or to carry heavy things, you would get um, like some sort of crossbeam or some kind of thing that would go around their neck, uh, usually like kind of like around the neck or uh, on top of the neck, and you would bind two beasts together so that they can pull this thing in a much easier way, right? And so probably at some point, someone tried to do it just with one animal, it didn't work out, and they're like, no, 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 we gotta get two animals. And I don't know, maybe just like if you put it around their neck, if you think about like, where does the string go, right? Does it go down their neck or does it like go down the middle or, right? But if you do it like in, in, in like, like you got these two beasts like side by side, you know, you, you can have something in the middle, right? And so these two, two animals are carrying a load. Now, friends, remember what we said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Does this sound like rest? <laughs> Take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke upon you. Now, so, so there's something you got to understand. Jesus is not telling you that his kind of rest is doing no work because that's just not practical. We all got to do work. You got to live your life, right? And what I love about this passage is it meets us where we are. It's not just taking you away from your life, but it's trying to show you a new way to do life, right? So Jesus is like, I know you got work to do. Right? I know you got to study. I know you got to go meet friends or go, you, you know, just live your life. You got to go to the grocery store. But when you do that, I want you to take my yoke upon you. What does that mean? In the ancient world, it almost always meant that there were two animals. So when Jesus is saying, take my yoke upon you, guess who is there with you? Jesus, right? You are not pulling that burden 
alone anymore, right? So that's why he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. So this, check it out, friends. If you are yoked with someone else, like, I know this seems kind of funny, but can you imagine me and Haram, right? You put something around our necks, and we have to carry something together. We got to plow a field. There's a big plow uh, beside us, right? What happens if I decide that I'm just going to do whatever the heck I want, right? I'm like, go over here, Haram, you know, and I just start like wilding out, you know? We're not going to be able to get it done, right? But so check it out. You are yoked with Jesus. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. So Jesus is right there with you, and he's like, yeah, yeah, I know you're trying to work. I know you're trying to study, but let me show you how to do it, right? You have been doing it in a certain way that has been stressing you out and worrying you, and, and, and you are worn out, but I'm going to show you how to do it in a different way. Does that make sense? So now you're doing it together. Jesus is like, whoa, 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 you're going a little slow, or Jesus is like, no, 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 do it, come in this direction, right? Hey, hey, let's just chill for a second, right? So Jesus is the one who's helping you now to carry this burden, right? And you got to think, if Jesus is helping you carry it, it's going to be good. It's going to be better, right? Right? Do you believe that? Now, this is the thing. Now comes the question of like, okay, so I am yoked together with someone else. Now, if I'm yoked with Hanum, can I trust this dude? Can I trust this dude? Is he going to lead me straight? If Hadam's like, yo, Pastor Steve, I'll show you how it's done. I better trust that Hadam knows what he's doing. I better trust that he's not going to run too fast, that he's going to be gentle, right? And so this is the question. Who is the God, who is this Jesus, who is inviting you to this life to share it with him? And this is very important. So for some of us, Subconsciously or unconsciously, I don't know which one it is. Maybe some of us don't come to Jesus because we don't trust that when we're yoked with this Jesus, that he's got our best interest in mind, that he's going to be good, that he's going to be gentle. Because, friends, when you think about, like, burdens and working, and sometimes we think about, like, taskmasters. So this is a picture of uh, uh, somebody did a, a, this representation of the Egyptian taskmasters, like, like whipping the Israelites and like, hey, you know, make those bricks. And, and just like one of them, dude, this is so messed up. Look at the other dude. He's like literally sitting on top of the thing that the guy's trying to pull, right, to make it intentionally heavier. Friends, what kind of God do we worship? Do we worship a God like this who's like, hey, let me help you out. And really the help is to make it heavier. Oh, you'll learn from this. You'll grow. I'm sure, I'm sure you'll be stronger for it. Do you trust this God? And so that is a very, very important question that we have to ask. And so Jesus says, right, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. There is a fantastic book by Dane Ortland. I, I encourage you guys to check out this book. Yeah, I think it was like the the... Christian book of the year last year, something like that. And it literally comes, the, the, the title of the book comes from that passage right there. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. And, and the point of the book is to point out that this is the heart of Jesus, is gentle and lowly. This is the heart of the Father. This is the heart of God. And we don't always believe that. 
right? But Dana Ortland points out that this is the only passage in all of the, the, the New Testament, as far as I know, where Jesus actually describes his heart to us. There's all kinds of other stuff where you see, you know, Jesus talking about things that probably point to his heart, but he tells us exactly. He says, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. That's who he is. Gentle, it's the same word that we get, uh, same word that we get uh, for meek, that when it says um, the meek will inherit the earth, right, from the Beatitudes from last week, right? This idea that Jesus is going to be gentle. He's not going to be ferocious and all up in your face, right? He's not going to force you to do things and, and, and do it in this really kind of rough way. Sometimes we think that about God. We, we think about, you know, God just being like, like mean or, you know, just, just forceful and all this stuff, but he's gentle. He does have all the power, but he restrains it for our sake, knowing that a lot of us just go through stuff. Right? He's gentle and lowly in heart. The lowly part, it, it often gets tr- translated, uh, translated as, as humility, right? But, but it's talking about like a lowly estate. When Jesus came to this earth, he was king in heaven, right? Make no mistake. He's God's son. He has all the power. He doesn't need to come to earth and suffer here. He doesn't need to come here where you sweat and where it's hot and where, uh, you know, life can be difficult and you can bleed and you can die. He doesn't need to come to our stinking mess, but he does, right? The God in heaven brings his son and he becomes low. That's what it's talking about. He becomes accessible. He becomes one of us. And so, friends, this is the God that we are talking about. He is going to be gentle with you. When you get yoked with him, he's not going to be just this this crazy, mean taskmaster, but he's going to be gentle, right? And so, friends, who is God to you? Like, really think about it, you know? And, friends, I I want to ask this question just because there may be some of us who, like, like, maybe there's a part of us that's like, okay, um, I, I know that God is supposed to be good, but there's a difference sometimes between what we say we believe and what we actually believe, right? That you may say that you think God is wonderful and good and all these things, but your experience of God is you actually don't really like God that much. You may not like the things of God that much, you know? I mean, seriously, there's so many of us that, like, when it comes to, like, reading the Bible or you know, uh, like godly things, like, like it, we're supposed to say we like it. But really, really just examine your heart and your attitude. You know, when I was in seminary, um, I was driving a bunch of uh, my seminary student friends, right? So these are all people training to be pastors or who are studying like theological things, studying the Bible all day long, you know, and they signed up for this. No one made them do it, right? And we, we were going to go to Chipotle, uh, so I had a car, I was going to drive some of my friends, and we get in the car, and I turn on the car, and there's some, like, Hillsong playing, some, like, worship music, and this, this lady is like, oh, Steve, can you turn that off? Like, seriously, we've been talking about Jesus all day. We got to listen to that now? And, like, you know, a part of me was like, what? <laughs> like, okay, first of all, how are you going to tell me to turn off my music in my car? But besides that, it's like, what is happening to us that we're like, oh, man, I'm getting too much Jesus. I'm getting sick of this Jesus. There's something wrong with that, isn't there? Do we really know this God? I notice, friends, 
that for me, um, just about five or six years ago, um, I, I was starting to get like really, really burnt out. And I realized that I didn't really like doing spiritual things, like reading the Bible and praying on my own. Doing quiet times was always like pulling teeth. I would do it so I could tell y'all to do it and to say with integrity, like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm doing my quiet times too, you know? But honestly, I didn't like them. You know how I know I didn't like them? Because I would just speed through it. I would get to it, and I'd just be like, Matthew chapter 11, you know, and just like, I'm done. Less than a minute. I did it, I guess. It was just something to check off, you know? And, and so there was this idea that I didn't really like God maybe the way that I thought I did, and that's a question that I have for you. And so one of the things that we want to correct in this, one of the things in, in learning to um, really live a kind of life that is going to be the abundant life, the good life, is you got to know that you have a good God. You got to get to know this God. You got to hear about this God. That's part of the reason why we read the Bible. But it's got to be more than that. I'm going to tell you kind of a funny story. Um, it's like a high school story, so there's going to be a lot of people involved, and so you, you got to keep track. But I'm going to help you guys, okay? So I, I was like a little bit older, but I, I would help out like with, you know, I had like friends who were like in youth group at my church, and there's this one kid, right? Okay, this guy. And there's this girl who goes to another church, so just so you can keep them straight. And the girl, so the guy really, really liked the girl. The girl did not like the guy. Not because there was anything wrong with the guy, but just for whatever reason, right? Like, wasn't really into the guy. However, however, there's this other girl who this girl hates. It's like her rival, right? Like that one girl that she can't stand. And she really liked this dude. Right? You guys got it straight? Yeah? And so she came to me, and she was like, hey, so, so his name was John. It wasn't really, but I'm just going to tell you his name was John. So <laughs> she, she was like, Steve, can you tell me about John? Like, let me tell you about John. It's like, tell me good things about John, right? Because she really, really wanted to like John to make that girl crazy and be like, yeah, girl. <laughs> and so, you know, I tried. I'm like, hey, man, he's a really good dude. Yeah, you know, he's got a little bit of a temper, but, you know, all guys do when they play basketball. But, yeah, you know, he's, he's, he's really nice. He's a man of few words. I'm telling her all this stuff. Now, is it going to surprise you at all that um, they, they, they tried to date because she really, really wanted to, like, <laughs> you know, make this girl crazy? So they tried to date, and it didn't work out. Are, is anyone surprised? <laughs> is anyone surprised? Okay, so number one, her motives weren't that great in trying to get, get in this relationship. But... It was like somebody else was telling her, oh, yeah, he's great, he's great, he's great. And really what I should have said is go find out for yourself. Get to know him for yourself. People can't just tell you that someone's great. And that's the same way when it comes to God. I could tell you till I'm blue in the face how wonderful God is, how he sent his own son to die for your sins, how he is gentle and lowly in heart. And we can go through scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture and it could just be like that girl hearing about a dude that she personally doesn't know. And she hears all these great things. And maybe just a little bit she's intrigued, but it's not enough. It's not the same thing, right? It's actually getting to know this God and finding out for yourself. You know, be it through prayer or be it through investigating the scripture for yourself. When we read scripture, it is not just an experience of reading. It shouldn't be. But we should be inviting the Holy Spirit into that. 
What I tell people all the time is when you read scripture, you know, don't, like, especially if you're doing it devotionally, if you're doing it to fall in love with Jesus, don't read it like a textbook. You know, the, the way you read a textbook, like, like, oh, what does this mean? You've got this critical mind, you know, and you're trying to understand it, you know, and you're just trying to get the information out of it. But instead, read it like you would a poem or a love letter, just over and over and over, just, just to know those words for, are for you. Come to me, all you, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. That is for you to ingest that. Read it over and over. Just chew on it, right? He wants to give you rest. He is gentle and lowly in heart. And this God, the God of the whole universe, wants to have a relationship with you. Who is God to you, right? And then it goes on to say, and you will find rest for your souls. Again, not just rest for your bodies. And souls, I, I know sometimes we think of like, you know, this kind of like, like, like we think of it almost like your ghost, you know? But the soul was a way of saying your whole being, your deepest being, you're gonna find rest deep down in the deepest places of you. This is what Jesus wants to give you, right? Deep, deep, deep soul rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, friends, we, we, we already said yoke is something that you do to do work, right? You're carrying something, you know? And, and, and you know, maybe as you're going through life, you know you're still going to have to go to school, right? You're still going to have to work. You're still going to have to do stuff, right? Pay taxes and do all that stuff. But the question is, how has that been for you? Because Jesus is promising you a yoke that is easy and a burden that is light. And I'm going to ask you guys a question that I almost didn't want to ask because it just sounded so weird. Right? And, and so I wanted to ask you, have you found life to be easy in your burden light? And I'm like, that doesn't sound right, that life can be easy? No, life is hard, life stinks, right? Life is so difficult. You know, how can I be asking people, you know, is your life easy? And what Jesus means by this isn't the cat chilling on the couch, right? He doesn't mean do nothing, but he means the quality of your life as you do it. Right? So today's message is called a restful life. We, when Jesus comes to give you a restful life, he doesn't mean just rest in your life, like periods where you're not doing anything. right? But he's talking about when you are doing it, your heart is rested. Your soul is rested. It's easy in that sense. So let me give you an example. Let's just talk about like studying. You know, you got finals coming up the next day. And normally, what most people are doing is they're freaking out, especially if you're not prepared or whatever, or it's like a really important test. You're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I can't believe, uh, like the time just flew, and you are worrying so much and freaking out. In that moment, is your life an easy life? Is your burden light? I would say probably not. But I think what Jesus is saying is that as we come to do things in the manner of Jesus, as we learn to be yoked with him, as we learn to take on the kind of life that he has, you can be in a situation like that. And yes, you still have to study, right? Don't get me wrong. You still got to go to class. You still got to do all those things. But the burden is not going to be there. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to have all that worry because you know the God of the whole universe is with you. 
He loves you. He has a great plan for you. What are you worried about? You don't need to worry. In that moment, you're not just saying, like, like if Pastor Steve were to ask you, hey, how are you doing right now? You're like, oh, I'm doing great. No worries. Oh, yeah, I know God is in control. You're not just saying that. And then in your heart, you're freaking out, and you're just like, ah, ah, ah. But really, in your heart, you believe that. Your heart believes God is in control. Your sweat glands believe God is in control, right? You're not staying up till 5 o'clock in the morning looking at the ceiling thinking like, oh, my gosh, if I bomb this test, my future is over. You sleep like a baby. Why? Because you know God is in control. You know it fully. You know God is there with you carrying that burden, right? So that's what we mean by you can have a restful life. You can have an easy life, a, a, a life of more ease, not because you're not going through difficult situations, because in your heart, you have the power of heaven on your side. Does that make sense? Yeah? And so, friends, this is something that we want to learn to do. Is this something that you would want, that within you, right, um, that, that it, there's somebody there carrying your burden? So, friends, a yoke isn't meant to add to your burden. It's meant to ease it. Can you imagine the cow trying to pick things up with its like tiny little hoofs, right? Or trying to pick it up like with its teeth? It's going to be very, very difficult. Can you imagine the cow doing it by itself, right? You've got the most powerful cow. I'm sorry, Jesus, for calling you a cow. But, you know, you have the most powerful helper, right, in the universe who wants to be on your side, who wants to help carry that burden for you, right, to, in order to ease it. And so, friends... You know, th there is that message, come to me. Come to me and learn from me. Now, friends, um, how can we do that? I just want to close today's message. Um, there's a lot that we're going to learn about how to do this. You know, for me, I've had to learn. You know, there, there's all kinds of different spiritual practices that you can take, you know, where you learn to rest in the presence of God. You learn to be with the presence of God. You know, um, I, I already mentioned that the scripture meditation is a great thing to do. But friends, what I want to encourage you to do is to start being a little bit curious about who God is. Maybe in your prayers, you can ask God, God, I want to see you for who you are. Not for who the medieval painters and you know, priests have made you out to be, or what we see in popular culture. But go to God's word and see for yourself who he is. That book is a fantastic resource, the, the whole gentle and lowly thing. As a matter of fact, uh, welcoming team, can you guys go back there? There's a couple boxes back there. Actually, we have a copy for every one of you. So <laughs> I feel like Oprah a little bit. You get a book, and you get a book, and you get a book. But uh, yeah, we actually have a copy of, uh, uh, the, the, the publishers actually provided for churches who, who applied for it. Um, they, they gave us the books for free. So we have like 100 books, so everyone gets one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, come and get one. And by the way, if you're watching this at home, the family group, I know there's some people who, who can't come in person. We gave them their books yesterday. Uh, but if anyone didn't get a book, um, message me. Let me know. We'll, we'll send you a book. Yeah, I'm being serious. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Hand, hand them out. Hand them out. <laughs> yeah, thank you, guys. There's a, a lot more in the back there, too. Yeah, yeah. So, friends, as, as you're doing that, as you're getting these books, um, you know, again, it's not just about the book, but this is one resource. Um, it, it is fantastic because Dane Ortland doesn't just talk about this passage, but he, he, there's a lot of different preachers and a lot of different writers who have talked about the heart of God, and he goes into great detail, right? But as you're doing that, friends, 
You know, we want you to experience the goodness of God. And I pray that over you just more and more, right? But that you can be open to that, right? Because there's a kind of knowing that you can know in your head. And then there's a kind of knowing that you'll know with your whole being, right? That God is truly good, right? To taste and see that the Lord is good. So praise team, can you guys come up right now? I don't know if anyone actually already has this book, but if you do, give it to a friend. <laughs> yeah, definitely take a copy still. All right. Well, hey, I'm going to have Hadam just play, play a few chords on his guitar. And I want to just give us a moment to just kind of be still in the presence of God. So if you guys, I, I know, um, you know, a lot, lot of uh, activity around getting, getting the book, but <laughs> just take a moment to just take a deep breath. Just maybe if you can close your eyes. Friends, in this moment right now, God is here with us. In every moment that you are going through, there might be some moments that, that you, you start getting caught up in, in your worries and your stresses and your burdens. And, and I'm not here to tell you that that's going to stop immediately. But I, I want to encourage you that in those moments, if you can remember that God is with you. You know, and so... Friends, if you can in that moment, remember the first question is, can you admit that you are a weary and burdened? So in a moment, if you can pause, if you can pause, whatever you're doing when, when, you're, when you're struggling, when, when, when you're freaking out, when you're frustrated, when you're overwhelmed, take a moment and just confess that to God. Just admit that. God, I'm weary. I'm burdened. If you have a friend that can pray for you, you can just reach out and say, hey, can you pray for me right now? struggling. You can share that with people in your small group. That would be awesome. And then also, friends, if you, I can encourage you to go to this God and to come and learn of his nature, that he is good, that he is gentle, that he is lowly in heart. He has come to give rest to your souls. In this moment, friends, Whatever you are carrying, I want to encourage you to just lay your burdens down for a moment. We're going to go into a song where we pray about this and let this closing uh, uh, praise become our prayer. In, in fact, uh, I'm, I'm going to just, uh, yeah, not do a formal prayer. I'm just going to sit down and let this last song be a prayer that we can lift up to God, that we can lay down our burdens before God, that we can know that we have all the help of heaven, we are not alone. We have someone carrying this burden with us. Let's do that right now. Let's go into praise.